Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope your week is treating you well. Mine is going very well so far. I had a major wave of clarity this morning. I have been in so much need of that. I've been all week long, not even all week, all summer long, really in pursuit of clarity. What do I want? Where am I going? What's next? What's my next phase? And just hitting wall after wall after wall, feeling like, no answers are coming, no clarity has arrived, everything feels a little unsettled, and then it feels like I'm getting like an answer at a time. I got one little answer about a few weeks ago, and then I got another answer this morning, and I feel like, hey, I now know where to go. I was talking to a type A client of mine yesterday, and I was saying, She's kind of in a similar boat where she's like, I have a lack of direction. I have an eight wing. I don't know if you know, but we were talking about how the eight energy is like, it's like a bullet train, right? And if you have a direction, it's unstoppable. Like you're going to go, you're going to get there and you're going to make it happen. But if there's a lack of direction, it's like all of that energy gets put in lots of different varied directions unconsciously, or it kind of gets stewed up inside and it's really frustrating And that's how I've been feeling for months now. And so I finally feel like, okay, I know where to point this excess of energy. I know where we're going. And now all I have to do is sit behind the wheel and make it happen. And that feels so, so good. I do feel like I am like Captain Vague right now. That is not really the relationship we've built together. I feel like we have built a relationship around authenticity and transparency and me just being like a completely open book. And I'm trying to be a little more subtle, a little bit hard to get right now, okay? Trying to play mysterious, but that does not come naturally to me. (laughs) But So I feel weird alluding to clarity, alluding to direction without telling you immediately what that direction is. All will be revealed in time. Today though, right here, right now, I am answering a question called into the podcast phone line. I love when you all call in. It is so cool to hear your voices. So thank you so much for calling in. As a reminder, if you have questions, you can call them in or text them in to 828-338-9127. They can be Enneagram questions. They can be creativity questions, self-care questions, confidence questions. Anything and everything is available for us to discuss. But let's hear from today's caller. Hi, Sarah James. First of all, let me just say that it is such an incredible privilege to be able to ask you these questions. It's a wonderful thing you're letting us do, and I really appreciate it. I was wondering if you could potentially explain how to access your emotions. Interestingly enough, I'm an Enneagram 4, and I used to have a really easy time feeling my feelings and crying when I needed to cry and processing and 
all the other things that sports parents typically do. But over the past years, after some tough things have happened, and, you know, just growing up and life getting more difficult, I've found that I don't feel much in response to anything anymore. I just feel numb, and I have a really difficult time trying to process because I feel like I can't access any emotions around it. It's just empty and blank. Since you're seven, I thought that maybe you had some advice on the work that you did to be able to actually get into the hard stuff and figure out what exactly it is you're feeling and how to actually feel it again. It sounds simple, but it's not. I'd really like to unlock that true part of my core self again, and I miss it. So thank you. I'd like to feel something. <laughs> yes, thanks again. Thank you so much for sending a question in. I love this one and honestly have totally been there and have done so much work around it personally and it brings me so much joy to share what I have learned with you. Here is what I have learned. I am not perfect at this. I feel like this is something I will be in relationship to for the rest of my life. But all in all, here's what I've learned. Number one is identifying my numbing behaviors, right? For me, it's more escapist behaviors. Like what are the things I do to escape my feelings? But depending on your Enneagram type, maybe numbing is more accurate or even just where you are in your journey with feeling. Numbing may be more accurate, but identify what your numbing or escapist behaviors are. So for me, it's like going to Target. <laughs> it is maybe for you, it's like scrolling on your phone or watching TV. I love YouTube. I watch YouTube. Sometimes I watch YouTube in a normal way and sometimes I watch YouTube in a numbing way. All these behaviors are neutral. They're not bad. You're not failing if you do them. However, if you want to access your feelings, things that we do in order to not feel them inhibit our ability to do that. Positive and negative. So these numbing behaviors, these escapist behaviors, not only limit our access to painful feelings, but also our access to positive feelings and satisfaction, limiting us to this like middle space of numb and escapism. So identify what your numbing behaviors are. In order to do that, you have to start paying attention to your habit, acknowledge what your current routine is. And maybe you'll think, I don't have a routine. We've talked about this before. Maybe you'll feel like you don't have a routine, but we all have a routine, whether we're doing it on purpose or not. We have some rhythm of which we are living our life. Maybe that rhythm is wake up and figure it out that day. <laughs> That's also okay. But find the patterns there. Find the things that you do when you don't feel like feeling. So identify your numbing behaviors and give yourself periods of time without them. Maybe that's a day. Maybe it's just a few hours. Maybe it's a week if you're feeling fancy. <laughs> give yourself some time where those numbing behaviors do not get to play a part in your life because you need access to the truth of what's going on for you and these behaviors are preventing your access to that information because we're looking for data and if that data is being hidden or numbed down or quieted we're not going to be able to access it right so identify your numbing behaviors and eliminate them for a period of time number two i love this practice i did this practice for a year maybe two years and that is write down how you feel every day. And I like to use language. So people do mood trackers, right? I do a mood tracker still where I write down like the main thing that happened that day. And then I color code like, oh, this was a good day, a bad day, a great day. I felt angry, frustrated, sad, stressed. That's one thing. 
the thing I'm encouraging you to do, not that mood tracking is bad, it could also work, maybe that's something you feel more drawn to, but what I wanna encourage you to do is instead use language because expanding our vocabulary for feeling can actually expand our capacity for feeling and our capacity for holding those feelings. So if you just feel irritated and frustrated, but we're not getting underneath that and we're not really getting specific, then it can make it difficult to understand what's actually going on and to process those feelings. So I like to just look up a, a list of feelings on the internet and pull from that list. Maybe you print it out and just have it with you in the morning, but use it once a day to acknowledge this is how I felt today. This is how I'm feeling today and just name it. Number three is access it through someone else. So if I need a good feeling session, maybe I need to cry. Maybe I know I'm sad, but I can't access my own sadness because seven, I will watch a sad movie. I will listen to a sad song, right? Access these things that allow me to feel on behalf of someone else, like this person in this movie or the person in the song. And then I can let my emotions move through my body instead of actually having to like understand them intellectually, I can let them move through me through crying or feeling or digesting the experience that someone else had. So that's number three. Number four, similar vein is movement. A lot of times these feelings, right, when we have them, they get stuck in our system and we need to export them out through movement. So anger needs somewhere to go. Anxiety needs somewhere to go. Moving it through your body. So maybe you run when you're angry because you, you need to get it out. Maybe you punch a pillow or you dance erratically. Another way that movement can be supportive is offering you a jolt of adrenaline, a quick access point to intense feeling so that it wakes you up a little bit. So it can be like really intense dancing. It can be sprinting really fast. It could be doing a little kickboxing, whatever you need to do to just breathe some life back in. And then number five is to explore your anger. Anger is typically the emotion most of us have the hardest time with. It's the one that our society shames the most. It's like the bad feeling. If you're sad, I can have empathy for you. If you're happy, I can be happy for you. If you're anxious, I can empathize with that. But anger, not anger. Keep that under wraps. Fix that emotion, right? So a lot of times when we have a numbness, it's potentially hidden behind anger. It's like feelings that are underneath the anger that we're unwilling to explore. So it could be worth journaling through what are some things that you're really mad about right now? What are some things that you've been mad about for a minute? And really explore the freedom in being angry and having anger in things just being unjust or unright or enraging for you and, and allow the anger to exist fully and freely without shame because potentially, I'm not saying this is exactly what's going on for you, but I'm just saying this could be a thing. It has been a thing for me. If I am unwilling to express or acknowledge an anger, it's almost like it's serving as a plug to my access to all the other emotions because it's like I'm shoving them all down to get. So if we can explore the anger, it's kind of like we can set ourselves free. Speaking of setting ourselves free, getting more in tune with our emotions, I love hip openers in yoga. There's this belief that our emotions get trapped in our hips 
And so the more we stretch our hips out, the more those emotions kind of come to the surface. I don't know if you do yoga, but a lot of times if you're in a yoga class and you're doing a really intense hip opening stretch, it can actually be really emotionally uncomfortable. I've cried in those stretches before, just physiologically, like not even knowing what's wrong because it's kind of releasing a lot of pent up feelings. So that might be worth exploring. I personally love pigeon pose. That's one that I like. You can do that laying down. You can do that seated. There's a lot of variations, a lot of modifications, depending on where you're at in your yoga journey. YouTube has a lot of great tutorials. I love Jessamine Stanley's. She is coming on the podcast soon, so that's really exciting. But you can look her up on YouTube as well. Practice some hip openers. Number seven, I'm talking a lot about the body because I've been doing a lot of reading over the last several years just about how much our emotions are in our bodies and how trauma and things like that get built in our bodies or get held in our bodies. So that's why I'm talking so much about physiological changes, like do yoga, explore physical movement, things like that. It's because our emotions in our bodies are not separate from one another, right? So I'm saying cold and hot therapy because increasing the sensation of feeling in general, waking your body up, calming your body down, it can offer you not only energy, but also an access point to feeling sensation. And once we can feel that sensation in our body, we can also feel sensation of emotion in our body, which has been one of the major things for me as a seven is acknowledging where is my feeling in my body so that I can even name that feeling often. Oftentimes I can't even name the feeling unless I acknowledge where it is in my body first because all I know is something's off. I don't feel right. And then when I can go, where is it in my body? I can go, oh, oof, I'm feeling anger or I'm feeling sadness. It's like an access point for me. I go through my body to get to my heart, which is interesting Enneagram wise because sevens actually have no direct access point to the heart center. It almost makes a lot of sense to go from head center to body center to heart center to access those feelings. Now, as a four, right, like most likely you've developed some patterns or you're hiding something. There's something you're not wanting to look at that is preventing yourself from accessing the range of your feelings. Obviously, you need to like pause and do a little caveat. Depression is very real. Depression is clinical. Depression can feel like numbness. So I want to name that because I'm not trying to say like here, like do hot cold therapy that's going to solve your depression. If that's the case, it's that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you are feeling a normal level of numbness or an average level of numbness, then maybe hot cold therapy will support you. The other thing I like to do when feelings are hard is to check in with what I call the toddler four. How am I sleeping, right? Am I getting enough sleep? Is my sleep inhibiting my ability to feel the way I want to feel or to even know what I'm feeling at all? Am I eating? How am I eating? Am I eating in a way that feels nourishing to me and feels supportive? Am I thirsty? Am I drinking enough water? You have to pee. That's the fourth one is you have to pee. That That's more relevant if I'm feeling irritable or anxious. But if you're not feeling anything at all, kind of like Am I in tune enough with my body to recognize those sensations, right? Those physical sensations. And my friend, the last one I think you probably know is coming. And that is just, if you try all of these things and you're like, I still don't know what I'm feeling. Or if you're even hearing me list this out and you're like, I don't have the energy for all of that. Try therapy, right? Start with therapy if you want. I don't think therapy is only for those who are really struggling I think therapy is for all of us. If you don't have insurance that covers therapy, 
then OpenPath is a really good resource because they do sliding scale therapy. BetterHelp is also a resource for that. They do financial assistance. Try therapy, talk to somebody, allow yourself the support that we all deserve and need. And I'm so excited that you are exploring feeling and inviting that back into your life. (laughs) And I hope any of this is supportive. I hope at least one of these serves you in some way. Again, if you have questions, if you're listening and you have questions that you want to ask, you can call or text them into 828-338-9127. I answer them every Wednesday. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.